Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Michelle Leslie. And I'm Amy Spreeman. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, because we do record these at night. Uh, we are asking the question, what has Christianity come to? Well, there is an interesting study called the State of Theology Survey that's done every two years or so by Ligonier Ministries, and it, it has just released its latest findings about what Christians believe about God, salvation, ethics, and the Bible. And it seems like professing Christians have shifted their beliefs, and unfortunately not uh, entirely for the better since, uh, in fact, since the pandemic. So that seems to play a role, Michelle. Yeah, it really did. I mean, for instance, did you know that half of the the evangelicals surveyed believe that God changes? You know, the God who's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I mean, that's hard to believe. Yeah. And you know, Michelle, I had to stop using that label evangelical for myself a few years ago. I think many of us did. And I think it was the result of uh, one of these surveys when you see how far off the uh, entirety of the evangelical realm is from the truth about God. And it's really hard to identify with that big Eva umbrella. I I don't know about you, but uh, that's kind of where I landed. I don't even say that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I still use the term evangelical, but I I really use it to mean anything and everything that even smells a little bit like Christianity or calls itself <laughs> Christian, you know. And yeah. when I when I talk about Christians, I just use the word Christian, or sometimes yeah, I'll too. use the term professing Christian, you know. So yes. Yeah. So we are going to slice and dice those results from Ligonier's survey in just a minute. But first, we want to give you an update from a question one of our listeners had about our podcast. And we shared this with you last week. She wrote, how do I listen to your podcast from when you started in 2019 when iTunes only goes back to episode 116? Where can I listen from episode one? Well, we fixed that for you. Actually, Amy did all the hard work of fixing that oh, for you. So no. give her a pat on the back. <laughs> Uh, and so you can now go to our website, a wordfitlyspoken.life and scroll over the podcast tab on our menu. And there's now a drop down menu where you can choose from recent episodes or play from the beginning. So go enjoy those early days. All righty. Now on with tonight's episode. We are all the way up to episode 138. 138. You know, it only took us four years to get there. Well, yeah. we're in our fourth year, three and a half, I guess it is. Okay, so before we talk about the Ligonier survey, a little disclaimer. Uh, Ligonier is a great resource for Christians. Uh, we highly recommend it. Uh, I use their materials all the time. Michelle, I know you do too. Uh, they sponsored this survey, and uh, the research firm that conducted the survey is called Lifeway Research, which is an organization connected under the Lifeway Resources site. Now, we don't recommend you get your resources from LifeWay Resources, just to say that right now, because we are saying right now that we're not recommending them or even platforming them. Um, so for tonight, we're just talking about the survey results put together by LifeWay Research. That's a, a little bit different organization, different people, and uh, uh, we do appreciate their research. And it appears to be, like I said, it's its own separate organization because those results uh, we want to talk about tonight are actually pretty shocking, Michelle. I, I'm uh, looking at these going, wow. 
Yeah, they really are. You know, in fact, I would say that Lifeway really helped to contribute to some of the the results that we're going to talk about tonight. I mean, they, I I think I've said on this program before, you know, don't, ladies, don't get your, your Bible study materials from Lifeway Women, which is the women's division of Lifeway, because the majority of people that they platform for their conferences, their Bible studies, all their stuff, are false teachers and, and yeah. they put false doctrine in their materials. So, um, and then, the, you know, but it's not just Lifeway women. They sell false doctrine all, all over their shelves and whatnot. But, you know, even, even non Christians can conduct fairly accurate polls and surveys, you know, um, and I, like you said, I think this is a separate division of yeah. Lifeway that just is in charge of doing surveys and whatnot. But the, um, the problem with, with conducting polls and and surveys of Christians is that you have to rely on self-assessment and self-reporting. Like if if you want to conduct a poll of firemen, you can verify through their employment records that each person you survey is in fact a fireman. But if you want to survey Christians, you have to ask people if they're Christians and then sort of trust them when they say yes. And yeah. as we know, there are a whole lot of people who say they're Christians but have never truly been born again. So that's something that we always have to keep in mind with surveys of Christians. There are probably Probably a certain portion of respondents who aren't actually saved. So, yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right. So, let's get into some of the details about this survey. And we're going to put the link in the show notes for you so that you can read the whole thing if you want to, because we're just going to go over a few of the points in the, uh, in the survey. So more than 3,000 American evangelicals, that's Amy's favorite term there, <laughs> were, were asked several questions for this study. That's a pretty sizable group. Evangelicals yeah. were defined by Lifeway Research as people who strongly agreed with the following four statements. First one, the Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Second, it is very important for me personally to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's a good requirement mm-hmm. there. Third one, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. And the fourth one, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. So those are good sort of rule out questions. The the people administering the survey are clearly doing their best to weed out the non-Christians. But, you know, just keep in mind, this isn't a fail safe. So the respondents agreed with these statements, but wait until you hear how they answered the survey. Here's how they responded to this statement. God learns and adapts to different circumstances. 51% agree with that statement. 32% disagree. And the rest weren't sure. Amy, what do you make of that? Well, well, it uh, sounds like the not sures and the yes sirs don't really know the steadfast God of the Bible. Now, here's That's what right. he says about himself through his breathed out perfect word. Malachi 3, 6, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. And then Psalm uh, 102, verse 27, but you are the same and your years have no end. Numbers 23, uh, 19 says this, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? And then Lamentations 3.22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. 
Yeah, there are so many verses like that, Amy. Like James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And really, when you think about it, even in addition to all these verses, just think about the nature of who God is. I mean, yeah. if if God doesn't know everything, then he's not God. Right. Right. I mean, that, that would mean there's, there's a weakness in him, that there's something that he is not completely sovereign over, which would be, uh, you know, the knowledge of all things. Well, according to Ligonier, the fact that more than half think that God does change may indicate that there's a strong influence of open theism, which denies God's complete knowledge. Uh, of, of future events or, or just a lack of clear biblical teaching on the character of God in evangelical churches. And no doubt our shifting culture plays a role too. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we, we shift at the, you know, the slight of just, just our whims. And we think that, you know, not we, but I mean, our, our culture believes that God should shift right along with it. You know, that you, that was the old way. God's doing a new thing kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, but God, ladies, God is eternal. He does not change. All right. So next, let's talk about another one. The respondents were given this statement. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Well, what do you think they said, Michelle? Any guesses? I am scared to guess what they might have said. On I know it wasn't good. (laughs) Yeah, best is safe not to guess because the survey found that a whopping 65% agreed with that statement. This means that most U.S. adults who say they're Christian believe that humans are born innocent and that there is a growing influence, I I think, too, of, of humanistic philosophies and worldviews that teach that we're all basically just good people. But the Bible says just the opposite. Yeah. And I got to wonder if those, those people have ever had a baby or not. You know, (laughs) every, every baby is born innocent. I mean, you can tell before too long after they're born, (laughs) they are not innocent. I've had that, that baby rare up in that crib at me and (laughs) that baby is not innocent. You can see that little. That little, um, yeah. <laughs> depraved, that little depraved streak sometimes, you know, even when they're babies. Yeah, as Vodi says, a, a viper in a diaper. That's right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's right. Don't send us emails about that. All right. The, uh, <laughs> the biblical teaching of original sin just obviously is not embraced by most evangelicals. Yeah. God's word, however, makes clear that all human beings are are by nature children of wrath. And you'll find that in Ephesians 2, 3. Psalm 51, 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Um, Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. You know, without this foundational truth, we cannot have an accurate understanding of the gospel and our absolute need for the grace of God in salvation. Well, this next one is near and dear to our hearts, Amy. Every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. Only 68% agreed with this statement. But ladies, church is not optional. And no, you cannot say, don't go to church 
be the church. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm laughing because I actually had a t-shirt that said that, don't go to church, be the church. And I, I got it from a, a very um, emergent Christian music festival back in the day, Michelle. Uh, not recently, but it was not one of my prouder moments. I, I do cringe <laughs> as I look back. I, I, I can use the words, I didn't know any better, but oi. <laughs> oh, we all have those moments. Don't don't uh, ever be embarrassed. Sure I always tell people, don't ever be embarrassed about those moments, look back at those moments and praise God for where he has brought you from yes. and where he has brought you to. That's just the evidence of God's grace in your life and God's sanctification in your life. Yeah. So praise God for that, for for all of us from those Thank moments. Thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we can't be the church if we aren't part of the church. The church right. is not a building that you go to every Sunday to hear a TED Talk. The church is every born-again person in, ho- in whom the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe, lives. And gathering with the saints is not an option. But since the pandemic, more people are finding that it's just easier to hang out at home and watch church in your jammies. But that ain't church, you know. No. God commands us to gather with the saints for worship. Hebrews ten twenty four to 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, which you can't do sitting at home on your couch in your jammies because you're, you're not with the church. Right. Verse 25 says, Not neglecting to meet together, not watch it on a screen, but meet together, as is the habit of some. And you know who you are, <laughs> but in, and we're not talking about people who are shut-ins or are providentially right. hindered from attending church. Um, <laughs> I have to put all the commentaries <laughs> in in the middle of the verse, don't I? All the disclaimers, uh, yes. <laughs> but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah. And, and Michelle, you know, many churches were shut down during the uh, pandemic for a time. And during that pandemic time, we actually, you and I did quite a few podcast episodes about this very issue, including one that we titled, Church Was Never Meant to Be Remote, Reuniting After COVID-19. So we're going to link that one up in the show notes. I think, uh, ladies, you'll really appreciate all the scripture we found out about that. So in addition to what uh, Michelle just read for you. Uh, so let's talk about uh, this survey in relation to the Bible. Uh, the survey asked people to respond to this statement. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Oy. So, Ligonier, again, has been sponsoring this survey since 2014. So we can kind of look back and see, you know, how people answered this question, because the questions didn't change since then. And guess which way the trend is Heading, you'll you'll never believe it, Michelle. In uh, in 2014, 41 percent agreed that the Bible isn't actually true, and this unbelievably has increased every year by at least two or three percentage points. But two years ago, because they do it every two years, something happened that and that percentage spiked up five percent from 2020. And so this year in 2022, uh 53%, more than half of evangelifishes say that the Bible is not literally true. You know, I have worn a deep path, practically a trench over to this verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Many of you can say it with me now. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
Yeah, that's a great verse to to use and to to keep going back to because it it's so true. Um, now, on this question, I don't mean to be nitpicky here, but when people ask me if I believe that the Bible is literally true, you know, I have to answer no as well. But it's because of that word literal. It's not an accurate question. The Bible is absolutely true from cover to cover, but it is not literally true as a whole. The literal parts of the Bible are literally true. Noah literally built a boat. Jesus literally died on the cross. Paul was literally shipwrecked. We are to literally obey all of the Bible's literal commands. But the Bible also contains figurative language, metaphors, similes, parables, illustrations, poetry, exaggeration, and so on. You know, those parts of the Bible are figuratively true, but they are not literally true because they're not literal. When Song of Songs says that the woman's eyes are doves, Her eyes are not actually white birds, literally. It just means her eyes are beautiful. When Jesus says, I am the door, it doesn't mean he's a plank of wood with hinges and a knob, which would, you know, (laughs) that's what he would have to be for it to be literally true. He's using a metaphor to make his point. But Amy, realizing that I'm a weirdo grammar nerd and probably none of the people who were (laughs) surveyed answered that that the Bible is not literally true for that reason, it's not surprising that with the pervasiveness of leftist ideology in the so-called progressive churches that so many believe the Bible isn't true. Ligonier says, yeah, yeah, Ligonier says that this upward trend is the clearest and most consistent trend revealed by the State of Theology survey since it began in 2014. Let's do a few more. And we want to send you over to Ligonier to do a deeper dive into the results if you're if you're interested, uh, since we won't have time to give you all of the stats. So here are a few more upward trends since 2014. Gender identity is a matter of choice. Now, this one is up from 38% to 42% of professing Christians who agree. All those woke messages must be getting through. Um, the Here's another one. The Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. 46% now agree, up from 42% a few years ago. Mm. Now, wow. s- some upward trends were positive. Um, evangelicals still mostly believe that sex outside of marriage is a sin. That's 94%. Mm-hmm. Wow. Up from 91% yeah. just a few years ago. And that abortion is a sin, 91% up from 87%. I mean, that's that's kind of surprising to me, but it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, also encouraging, um, you know, because the way you, if you were to watch, you know, the evening news, you would think that the whole world thinks that abortion is A-OK. But so I'm glad to see that that's uh, trending upward. But, you know, Michelle, this next one is such a head scratcher, given that evangelicals believed strongly in those four Christian statements that you read earlier. Um, here's, here it is. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Okay. 56% agreed with that statement this year, Michelle. There is only, ladies, one way to God, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. When God opens our eyes to who he really is, and we believe in him for the forgiveness of our sins, and we are regenerated, given a new heart, we are his. Buddha didn't die as a propitiation for our sins. Neither did Joseph Smith or Muhammad, and none of them were resurrected from the dead in front of witnesses in uh, victory over death, right? In those figures, we have absolutely no hope whatsoever. We do have hope and redemption in Jesus. 
Amen to that. Now, there were quite a few more statements that the participants responded to, and we encourage you to check those out. Yeah. Amy and I want to read the conclusion from Ligonier. I'll read the first part, and then Amy can take the second part. And we think you'll find the summary spot on. All right, here it is. Quote, the 2022 State of Theology survey reveals that Americans increasingly reject the divine origin and complete accuracy of the Bible. With no enduring plumb line of absolute truth to conform to, U.S. adults are also increasingly holding to unbiblical worldviews related to human sexuality. In the evangelical sphere, doctrines including the deity and exclusivity of Jesus Christ, as well as the inspiration and authority of the Bible, are increasingly being rejected. While positive trends are present, including evangelicals' views on abortion and sex outside of marriage, an inconsistent biblical ethic is also evident with more evangelicals embracing a secular worldview in the areas of homosexuality and gender identity. Yes, uh, still quoting Ligonier here, these results convey the ongoing need for the church to be engaged in apologetics, helping unbelievers by providing a well-reasoned defense of the Christian faith and helping believers by strengthening their clarity and conviction regarding why they believe what they do. Additionally, the people of God must continue to obey the Great Commission by communicating the whole counsel of God in biblical evangelism and discipleship. The need is great, but the power and promises of God can equip the church to bring truth and light to a deceived and dark world. Amen, amen, Ligonier. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the ways this survey can be helpful is for pastors, you know, to kind of get an idea of where a lot of professing Christians are out there and to kind of make sure that the people that they're responsible for, their their flock, does not believe those those falsehoods. Yeah, I agree. And that, you know, there's never been a, a stronger need for sound biblical teaching from the pulpit, but also in uh, whatever else the church has, small groups, um, you know, Bible studies, what whatever it is in fellowship. These conversations need to be rife with truth. You know, we don't uh, have time, I don't think, to uh, share things from the pulpit about, you know, personal feelings and stories. And, you know, the illustrations are great, but, you know, we've all been to churches where, you know, Jesus doesn't even make an appearance, if at all, uh, you know, maybe for a minute or two. And then the rest is all about a fishing trip or an experience that somebody had. So we really need to get back to the basics and make sure we know that we've got, a you know, there's a captive audience there for you maybe have them for one hour, an hour and a half. Make sure they hear the word. Uh, make sure that everybody hears the gospel, whether that you think they're believers or not. And um, I, I'm just excited that there are solid churches picking this up and and running with it. So that's good. Yeah, me too. And and I think that we as individuals could also make use of this this survey. I would encourage everybody who's listening to go over there and read carefully through those questions and think about what you believe and make yeah. sure that what you believe lines up with Scripture and make sure that what you're hearing from the pulpit, like Amy was talking about, lines up with Scripture and that you're not just hearing jokes and stories, but you're hearing uh, the you're hearing these issues clearly and correctly taught in your church. 
church. And if not, you know, you might want to talk to your pastor about that, ask him some questions and express your concerns. So, um, you know, I think this is this could be a very useful, uh, useful survey for a lot of different reasons. Yes, I agree. So. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about any of the topics that we talk about, head on over to our website, awordfitlyspoken.life. Check out all of our episodes, including the very first fledgling discussions. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your audio. And before we close out, we also want to say a big thank you to a new patron, Eileen. Thank you so much for your generosity, Eileen. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to help us defray podcasting expenses via Patreon, like Eileen, or via PayPal, just click on the support tab at our website, awordfitlyspoken.life. And until next time, keep looking to Christ in Scripture for your hope and walk worthy.